0: One of the main reasons why our society is the way it is has to do with patents and copyrights and trademarks is the intellectual property system that we have here. We sort of create these protections.
1: Welcome back. To another week of Sometimes Crypto?
2: The Unscripted Crypto Podcast.
1: I wasn't ready. I was opening my water.
2: <laughs> Where have you been this whole time? Today, we got a special guest, Prem Lee. Hey, what's up, everyone? Hi, internet. It's nice to see you again. <laughs> I don't know uh, how you wanted uh, to introduce yourself. I just went straight with the.
0: Well, I, I usually go by Prem Lee Barbosa, and okay. my friends will call me Prem or Prem Lee or Lee. It depends. It's a
2: man of many names yeah but yep. they're all the
0: same name <laughs> True
2: Ma man of many ways to say the same name very true so uh uh we invited you on because you've been a very prominent uh person in the crypto space and in the crypto space well yeah. I'm, I'm happy to
0: hear that you invited me on here because otherwise i would feel very unwelcome um <laughs> Being here and fight, right? <laughs> yeah right like how did i get here um <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've been hosting an event called Bitcoin Brunch, and we've probably done 110 Bitcoin brunches every week. Every week. We do it every week. So it's been like two years, more than two years now. Um, you know, fun times. Like I'm, uh, there's a lot of, as you said, you know, there's a lot of crypto space in South Florida. And so I wanted to do my part to make some Bitcoin space in South Florida.
2: Absolutely. Have your little corner of crypto uh our little bubble i suppose your little event and it's been going on
0: strong consistent yeah i mean you know the last two weeks we haven't got too many people out but uh i'm not really in it for the quantity of people it's more about the quality so uh, i like to have a small meetup uh if i can get six to twelve people that's like perfect for me because we all sit around this round table and you can kind of get a really nice conversation going, and between six and twelve people, you Feels have intimate. Oh yeah, like once. Sometimes we get more people than that, and then it loses the intimacy. Yeah, 100%. So when it's like you know, twelve is already pushing it. Like nine people is like perfect, man. You just get nine people around that table, and then. Maybe I'll have like a few people talking. Some people like have some sort of expertise or they're a developer or something. So they know things a little bit deeper than some of the other people. And it's just a nice organic discussion that goes on. And I set no agenda uh, other than like I'll read an, like a column that I write sometimes uh, that's usually pretty short. So I'll read that at 2 p.m. The event happens from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. in Miami at Naomi's garden. Um, yeah. Shameless plug, right? It's called Bitcoin Brunch. Um, <laughs> it will be in the links. Yeah. In the description um, below. And so, you know, we get some awesome topics, like usually whatever's really interesting that week, like whatever's big on Bitcoin Twitter, people will come in and be like, you oh, know, like, you know, Sam Bankman freezing in the news again. And I'm like, okay, whatever, let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what's interesting to you, you know, I really try not to set like a, an agenda or topic, although I, because it is like, you know, in the crypto space, so to speak. Like, we do get, like, crypto people, which is fine. Yeah, like, Bitcoin Brunch is open to anyone. We're very inviting. But, like, I'm very anti-shilling, you mm-hmm. know? So, like, don't come to Bitcoin Brunch mm-hmm. to try to sell your token
2: to us because that's going to annoy me.
0: Yes. <laughs> that's that's fair, though. <laughs> you
2: got you to moderate your own events, man. Because uh, if not, it becomes like a Reddit space where people... Yeah, but spoiling.
0: otherwise, like, I'm always happy to hear what people are working on right so oh, i mean if, if someone someone's working in the crypto space their web 3 their DeFi, their or whatever like okay i mean that's that's what you're working on it's you can talk about yeah. it like i'm not like no hide this it's bitcoin brunch like like no i'm not mm-hmm. i'm definitely not like that but i am like a very strict bitcoin maxi though like i'm, yeah. I'm a bitcoin only person he put his name on he's like i'm bitcoin only <laughs> yeah, fair bitcoin enough only uh, i mean to me the dollar is the biggest altcoin of them all or not, it's not the biggest altcoin it's the biggest sh- am i allowed to use curse words on this no. It's the biggest shit coin i mean you can't don't. you're gonna bleep that out later maybe no. so they can be broadcast in india no we don't we don't <laughs> you don't censor we don't censor great so yeah so you know like it's not an altcoin because the altcoins historically were reactions to bitcoin so obviously the dollar is not a reaction to bitcoin but the dollar is absolutely a shit coin
2: it is not sound money
0: that too, sure. Okay. Why are you calling it a shit coin? I don't. I'm not. I'm not against you saying. I just want to know
1: why you're saying
0: that. <laughs> yeah. Well, about the dollar. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this is a very like sort of ideological stance that I have. It's. It has to do with. Um, so th- there's an ideal out there in economics that money should arise out of some sort of like. Usefulness. So in an economy, you know, like in early stages of development, you might not have money yet. You may not have a currency. So you're trading and you're doing bartering and maybe you even have debt and like, okay, I owe you cows and you owe me fish or or whatever. whatever. Yeah. And so like a money arises as this kind of like intermediary so that we don't have to keep, you know, like doing all this barter. We can just have this middle ground that we all know is valuable in general and that we can then take this middle ground. And so historically, like you might imagine something like gold or silver or rice, uh, sugar and salt, like these are things that in different times and in different places have been kind of like staple goods that everyone knew had a value. Now you come to the modernity and people have this like notion, this, this the way that we use money. We know how to use money. We don't necessarily know what it is or how it works, where it comes from even, but we know how to use it. Like I know I go to the store and I buy something. I give them money, right? And then they give me the thing, right? Yeah. Like, even when I was a kid, like getting candy bars from the local like little quick um, mart. So, but this dollar, like is it is it this historical intermediary? You know, is it like a thing that... That we would be using, even if it wasn't money, right? Like that we would be using um, because it's useful to us. And like, no, the, the dollar is not useful to us besides being money. Um, so, Money as in something that we use. A means to, of exchange. Yeah, exchange. A means of exchange. Yeah, yeah, a means of so, exchange. So aside from a medium of exchange or a store of value or like all these other, you know, people have so many definitions of like money has to be this or money has to be that. And I'm not one of those kinds of people. I'm like, let's just try to find the middle ground. So, you know dollars as a form of like its only utility is money it has no other utility. There's You wouldn't even want to wipe your butt with it because it's not particularly soft like we, we live it's in a an amazing rough. time it's a and rough. you can get really soft toilet paper. We should make softer money when when so we have multiple uses? <laughs> might as well is what I'm saying we might Fair as well. well so so to get to the to the crux of the matter dollars at least show that <clears throat> money does have has a utility in an economy. Like money is a very useful technology to have. Um, But the dollar itself does not have like the commodity utility or any kind of like utility outside of being money. So when you have, or when I had that realization, like, hmm, you know, so it, it raises the question of, well, if money, if the dollar is only money and it has no other utility, like I'm not going to wipe my butt with it. I'm not going to use it to like set a fire and warm myself at night. You know, I'm. It's that's against the law. <laughs> defacing the dollar. Defacing the dollar. Yeah, but so be, so since it's not going to do any of those other things, and it only it's only money, it seems a reasonable question: Is it the best money possible? Is it the best money available? Is this the money that I should be using? Why am I using this money and not? like the Venezuelan Bolivar, you know? And there's a lot of great answers right, yeah. <laughs> to why I'm using the dollar instead of the, the, the Venezuelan Bolivar. Or others. Or, or other currencies. But to me, there isn't a great answer as to why I'm using the dollar instead of Bitcoin. There's there's a lot of context and reasons as to why I'm using the dollar instead of Bitcoin. But like as someone who... I look at Bitcoin as a technology that is a better money. Like, If Bitcoin only does one thing, and it actually does a bunch of different things, but mm. if it only did one thing, and that one thing was money, it happens to be a better money than the dollar. Okay, so how can we define good money? Oh, it's so subjective, right? It's like an opinion that I have, and it's an opinion that you have, right? And we, maybe we'll agree on the opinion. Um, for one thing, a, a, an asset that can be created at will has a lot of problems to people who rely on that asset who themselves cannot create it at will so the ability for banks and the government to literally create dollars but for you and i to literally not create dollars without like breaking counterfeiting laws there's you know that's um that's a big problem like this is a big ethical problem problem like who is it that's able to make these dollars and what are they doing with the dollars that they're making because i have to work for my dollars just like hundreds of millions of people in this country and just like billions of people on this planet like they gotta work for the money oh my god can you imagine and but somebody out there doesn't have to work for their money they literally print it so it should be fair to like acquire like no it should, there shouldn't be i, I don't any... believe in fair like
2: life isn't fair but it could be more fair. So when I say fair to acquire, I mean like uh, accessible to anyone. To I well, I mean
0: obviously Bitcoin's not accessible to anyone. You need a computer. Mm-hmm. You know, you need a cell phone, a smartphone. You need a laptop. You need internet connection. So that's obviously a barrier to entry in and of itself. But um, given that barrier to entry, like yeah, beyond that, I think it is accessible to everyone. Like if you have a smartphone and people all over the world in some of the poorest countries they have smartphones and you don't even need to have constant internet access like anyone can download wallet of satoshi or phoenix wallet like these are these lightning wallets and then they can be getting sending and receiving bitcoin with people all over the world so it's i mean pretty cool you can't do that with the dollar it should be uh well what do you mean you can't do that with the dollar I mean, so like I have Brazilian cousins, right? I'm half Brazilian. I have a lot of cousins in Brazil. I love them all. And I want to support them and help them. And I want to help them grow as people in their country and their communities. And like, it's really hard for me to send them money. Like there's no way for me to just send them money. Now in the country of Brazil, they have this like great app called Pix where anyone can send money to anyone in Brazil. Mm -hmm. But that's like a collusion between the banks of Brazil, right? And like, I'm not from Brazil. Like I mean I am from Brazil, you know, you know, but I'm not like Brazilian in that way. So I don't have a Brazilian bank account at the mm-hmm. moment. So I can't just send them money easily. Like it's really hard for me to send the money. I'd have to pay somebody, some third party. Mm-hmm. I have to like give that third party my money. I'd have to trust them and probably they're trustworthy if they're like a Western Union, but they're charging me a lot of money to send money to my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, no, I can't j- just send dollars to my family. Like, there's a higher cost to sending.
2: Yeah. So, uh, I mean, but for that particular uh, example, the the real downside would be transactions over distance. As in, like, I could, cause we could transact between us right now and mm-hmm. cash money, no problem. It doesn't, we don't have to trust a third yeah. party. It doesn't have to go uh, where there's not gonna be any fees between us, but that's because we're right here. Um, in terms of like longer distance, which is your case, like uh, remittance and sending money to families overseas or in a different country, then there you do have to trust someone who, if you're not willing to go yourself and do the transaction. Yeah, but with Bitcoin, I don't have to trust. Anyone. Exactly. You don't have to trust a third party, uh, just the network. Which yeah, is and then. Mostly secure. Well, it's, I mean, mostly secure.
0: Like if I run my own node, mm-hmm. then I should rest assured that the network is secured. Yeah. If I don't run my own node, then obviously I have to trust. The people whose the node nodes. I'm relying on. Yeah,
2: all the other nodes. To
0: like, you know, well, really no. You're just relying on, you know, like most wallets are connected to just one node, mm-hmm. right? So like, it's whoever whoever produced that app, like they're connecting you to a node, and mm-hmm. it's not necessarily their node, but is a node, and so it's not it's not even like the whole. You know, it's complicated. Like, what is Bitcoin security? And this is a whole mm-hmm. discussion. Like, is it the hash rate? You know, like we have the highest hash rate ever now and for people who don't know that's like basically how many guesses miners are making at what the the block what is it like the block number the proof of work the right it's called work. proof of work and so they're guessing at what this proof of work is and and they're trying to guess really fast because if you guess it before other people like you you know you win you win the block and you get right now it's like 6.25 bitcoin but the hash was like much lower. Like, if you go back in time, like it's lower. And so, should we say that like Bitcoin was unsecure when the hash rate was half of what it is today? Like, should we say that Bitcoin was unsecure when the, the, the hash rate was a quarter of what it is today? Like, it depends. There's so much context that you have to take well, into yeah. account. Yeah.
2: In that particular case, it would be like, oh, what is the total value of the network? Mm, because the network, indeed. the That's value exactly. of the network has gone up over time.
0: So, so for bitcoin to be insecure like in a very general sense i would i would have to say that the value of the network should be so much greater than like the the value or the like the, the amount of security it has <laughs> the difficulty of the hash, Yeah, is it i don't know i i don't know that's that's like, subjective that's well must. it's not subjective because it could be tested in the market right like some some person like a billionaire or some government could be like you know what i'm like gonna go after the bitcoin blockchain mm-hmm. so they could try right and then if they could somehow make it worth their while then that would be then then that would prove it yeah that, you know but until that happens it's Which, kind of like we just don't know well, is, is it enough, enough
2: security? I don't know. Until that, It's secure until it isn't, I guess. Um, but it, going back to the... But, but I think you would grant, though, mm-hmm. that like if we have
0: more hash, like if there's more miners and, and faster miners and more powerful miners today than yesterday, then we don't know if we're secure, but we can at least safely assume that we are more secure today than we were yesterday. But maybe not, because maybe the the, the the evil doers are also like getting well, faster yeah. computers. So, and- <laughs> yeah, that's the question. It's like how, how
2: accessible are these uh, devices? Is it like financially sustainable to be able to go after the Bitcoin? Yeah, board? it's tough because for someone to attack the
0: Bitcoin blockchain, they'd have to they'd have to waste a lot of money, right? Like attacks come in the form of maybe censorship where they're choosing not to accept certain transactions onto the blockchain. So they're just letting them sit in the mempool and they're deliberately ignoring them. That's one form of attack. Um, so in that particular attack, the miner who is ignoring those those potential uh, transactions, they're leaving all those fees, right? Mm-hmm. Like they could just take those transactions and put them into their block and collect the fees. So for them to to choose not to, they're they're ignoring those fees. At a certain point, those fees are gonna amount to a lot of money, you know? like. Mm-hmm. Another miner. What's that mempool like? How how does that attack work? So, well, the mempool is where, like, so on any node, all of the unconfirmed transactions live in the mempool, and then the miners will look at the mempool, and then usually they choose the like the highest fees, Mm -hmm. which are the highest fees transactions, usually. But they don't have to do it that way; Mm -hmm. they can do it any way they want. And there are examples of miners mining transactions that had unreasonably low fees, and then you know likely it was some sort of a collusion or cooperation, I should say, between the person who was creating the transaction and the miner. Like maybe they had a side deal, maybe they were getting paid in cash or like, you know, by check or something Mm -hmm. outside of the Bitcoin blockchain. Um, So, For instance, there was an ordinal that was inscribed a few months ago and it was just one transaction in the whole block and it it took up almost four megabytes. So it was like they maximized the amount of space you could even use on the block. And they only paid... I think it was like $250 in fees. Really? Yeah. So you got to imagine that obviously, and this was Luxor Mining that did that block. So they obviously had some kind of an agreement with that person, whoever it was that made that transaction. Mm-hmm. Whatever reason it was, it was, you know, it was worth it to them to leave all the other transactions and the thousands of dollars that they could have gotten from those transactions. To not, just, to not include it in, in that block. So, if you imagine an attacker, right, like mm-hmm. they must have some, they must have a lot of resources, first of all, right, to, to, to try ignoring the
2: mempool and <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the value that's. Associated and then,
0: what with are that. they getting out of it, right? Like, I don't. It, this is becomes the
2: question: like, so, what are they trying so, to do? So, my follow up question would be: what is the the vulnerability that that shows itself whenever the mempool transactions are ignored? So, like, why why does the attack attacker choose to ignore these these transactions?
0: Well, so you can imagine, um, there's discussions about the potential for like white lists and blacklists. So, mm-hmm. uh, I always think of um, what was it, Mr. Miracle, the Kevin O'Leary? Mm-hmm. Uh, so from Shark Tank, whatever, yeah, Mr. Wonderful, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Mir- Mr. Wonderful. Pardon me, I'm confusing with a comic book character. So, uh, there was like two years ago, he was going on the TVs talking about. He wanted to start some kind of a coalition or a group of people who were going to deliberately refuse to accept Chinese mined Bitcoin. So the whole thing was like the environment and and the, the government or whatever's wrong with China, right? So he was like, you know, we're, we're not going to accept Chinese Bitcoin. Okay. Like they got to be, you know, good, clean Bitcoin. And so you can imagine maybe there being some sort of ideological thing at some point, like maybe governments trying to enforce and some kind of rules or some kind of you know oh we're from now on only bitcoin that were mined with uh renewable energy is allowed and and all the other ones are going to be you know like Mm -hmm. you can imagine people trying to push their ideologies like we waste a lot of money on war right so
2: it's going to be another war (laughs) i mean war war would be would there be like war within the bitcoin network well theoretically there could be so
0: if, uh if if an so if an attacker has 51 percent hash rate mm-hmm. what that means is that they can produce more blocks faster than than the rest of the network can if they don't right like if they didn't have 51 percent hash rate then they're
2: still competing with all the rest of the network and right. so there's you know so, so well, I guess what I what I was trying to ask would be more so like in terms of accepting transactions or denying transactions in in times of war within a in ecosystem that's fully backed by bitcoin Mm -hmm. what's the likelihood of wars being more prominent or less prominent i well i I think this situation
0: with ordinals and inscriptions i can easily see that turning into some big you know some big battle already Mm -hmm. many prominent bitcoiners have just very blatantly said that ordinals are an attack Mm -hmm. on
2: Bitcoin. So, i mean it's how do you feel about uh the block size and ordinals? Well, I mean, the, the the decision for
0: a particular block size, I think, is arbitrary. Um, but I, I do think it's important not to, like, just keep fudging with the block size. Like, I don't, I don't think it's useful to have a, like, a shifting block size. So it's just the block is whatever size it needs to be to take all the transactions. There are certain reasons not to do that. Um, but other than that, like, ultimately it's going to be a protocol change right like someone whatever the 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 war is really about someone is going to come out and say you know we need to change we need a fork and i think that's i could see that happening but a fork is just you just pick a side or you can have both right you can have it both ways that's the wonderful thing about a fork is that your private keys work on both both chains. So you get both coins. If you think this new fork is going to be good, then you know, good for you. But if you mm. think it's going to be stupid, then you have this wonderful opportunity maybe like for the first minute <laughs> where mm-hmm. you could like sell it all for Bitcoin and hope that you get as much Bitcoin as you can, you know? Yeah. Like I have there's this guy Panda who is a pretty uh prominent in our Telegram chat for the bitcoin brunch and he he always tells the story of like the greatest trade of his life was when the fork with bitcoin cash happened and he sold all of his bitcoin cash for bitcoin and then you know he just says it was a glorious glorious trade because
1: did he he ever say how 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 much he got out of
0: it like if it was one-to-one no but i'll tell you that like you know he's he's like in his like mid-40s and he's retired and he moved from chicago to florida he's just yeah. chilling chilling. <laughs> you know so I don't know how much he made but he made enough to chill
2: yeah yeah well like, <laughs> I guess what he was asking more so was like uh if the fork happens the, it would be if you have one bitcoin you'd have one Bitcoin
0: like I don't remember how much bitcoin cash went up to but there was like like a, a short period of time where they were really close in price mm-hmm. and then after like a few hours it's you know it started to yeah to drop <laughs> And drop and drop to, until to this day where it's, you know, like Bitcoin cash is never. Well, I think there was two days last week where Bitcoin cash actually like increased in price compared to Bitcoin. And the Bitcoin cash people were all like, yes, <laughs> proof, proof, we did it. And we're like, okay, guys, like yeah. enjoy yourselves. For the two days. <laughs> yeah, for these two days, you got a long way to go. You're going to need like another thousand of those days to catch up to Bitcoin.
2: In terms so, of dollar price. So uh, how in favor of forks? Have you agreed with any forks that have been they come out like SegWit or well so SegWit's a
0: soft fork, right? I mean I think the importance of distinguishing between soft and hard forks is that soft forks are backwards compatible. So people who have not upgraded to SegWit or who refuse to upgrade to SegWit, people who refuse to upgrade to Taproot, their transactions are still valid, their blockchain is still valid, and so that's I think important. Um, in terms of the, the su- valid. valid when
2: yeah. compared to like the native blockchain.
0: Well, no, it is the native blockchain. Yeah. It's just that they, you know, like they don't like if they were a miner, they wouldn't be processing Taproot or, or Segwit transactions. Mm-hmm. That just- but that would put them, you know, again, it puts them at a disadvantage because now you got all these other miners who are accepting those transactions mm-hmm. and they're going to get all the money from those transactions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm okay with the idea of soft forks. It's it, it, you know, it's the free market of it it's like we if we agree with the changes being made we can adopt it if we disagree with the changes being made we can reject it and then they call that like user activated soft fork or user rejected soft fork uh, we don't have to go with the changes if we don't think that they're valid yep. um, so i you know bitcoin cash like i i really wasn't actually paying attention when that whole thing happened so it's kind of funny like to see it like I was kind of tuned out for a few years mm-hmm. and then I, I came back in and I had no idea like how crypto had just like exploded and all these like alt coins and stuff. Like I'm talking about like two years ago, like I was just getting back into things like in the end of 2020, and early 2021. And so it's like, just kind of shocking to like see like, whoa, like all this kind of stuff happened when I wasn't paying attention for three, four years and it's absurd. So it's, you know, changes to the blockchain should be taken very, very seriously. They should happen under like tremendous consideration and debate and scrutiny, um, and they should be really, really hard to do as well. Like, you need Nakamoto consensus. You need the majority of the nodes and the miners to go. I mean, you don't like you don't even necessarily need the majority of the miners, right? Because What's going to happen is if the miners choose not to go with what you or I might consider to be the real blockchain, the value of that blockchain theoretically should should drop if most of the users. like, So that's kind of like Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin. A lot of the miners, they wanted the changes that were going to be the Bitcoin Cash changes because it was going to make them more money. Like, oh, we can get bigger blocks so we can stuff more transactions into every single block. That's great for the
2: miners, but the users were like, nah. Wouldn't that actually make m- the miners less money because of the fact that there's more space to include more transactions? That the value of the the fee to put your transaction uh, into the block.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's a great point, right? So if you know that the block can fit any transaction, why would you ever put a high fee? Exactly. There's going to be no fee market for transactions. It's just going
2: to be yeah, just put your transactions mm-hmm. through, and that's. That's not so. Now, I guess <laughs> this goes into like a follow up question in terms of uh, Bitcoin and its utility as uh, a monetary, like cash or uh, some type of dollar type thing. Where does the bigger block size help transactions be passed more frequently or more transactions be passed? Oh, absolutely. And does it give it a better use case for money? Um, versus, because right now with the higher transaction fees... Oh yeah, it's hard to it's do. L- less, there's less incentive to be doing transactions because of the fact that...
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, it's we saw fees for months, like in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 100 satoshis per virtual byte. Some people were spending 1,500 satoshis per virtual byte. So for, for most of Bitcoin's history, people could get one satoshi per virtual byte transactions in... So, someone else was paying fifteen hundred times that in fees to get their ordinal inscriptions put onto the blockchain that's insane, yes, absolutely. like if you have unlimited block size that's going to make it much easier to get transactions into the blockchain. there's no doubt about that um, but you know at what cost so I think this is the 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 question that bitcoiners sort of you know they decided, okay well. Um, Actually, no, like it's as you kind of just mentioned, it it, it screws up with screws the incentives too much. And so limited block space, fee market, you know, the highest fees usually get their transactions processed. That was that was the decision they made. Yeah. But now so in terms of how can we actually make Bitcoin more money? That's what the layer twos. No, I don't I don't think it's a perfect solution. I also don't think Bitcoin is perfect. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I definitely see the layer twos as imperfect solutions, but I, I still think they're much better solutions than a lot of the systems we have yet. Now, are they? Um, I don't remember the word now when you make something bigger. Scalable. Yeah. <laughs> are they scalable? I don't know. I kind of feel like with time, they will be like lightning network. Lightning network's really interesting. Right, so all of the, the Bitcoin denominated in the Lightning Network is actually Bitcoin held and locked in a multi-signature transaction. So you know it's all real Bitcoin. And how much value can be transacted in, in the Lightning Network? Well, it's actually not limited by how much is in there. It's limited by how fast we can send it back and forth. So even with one Bitcoin, if you can send it back and forth a thousand times, you could do a thousand Bitcoin worth of transactions in the Lightning Network. So there's There's stuff that's happening that's gonna kind of address the cashy part of Bitcoin, I think with time um but they weren't willing to focus on that at the sacrifice of I think many of the other features that make Bitcoin like as important as it is, like oh, which features would you be so to? I mean in terms of the block size, I mean, I think it's probably gonna be security. Security is a big aspect of it, the the ease of being able to run your own nodes. So if the blocks could be any size, then theoretically we might have uh, many times more transactions today than we actually do have. And so the right now, a node is maybe 500 gigs. Maybe the nodes could be a terabyte, 10 terabytes, right? So um, now with time, it's not going to be a big deal, right? Like in 10 years, maybe 10 terabytes is nothing. But today, it is a big deal. And that's why most blockchains only have like a handful of nodes
2: yeah yeah right now the 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 entire network is over 500 gigabytes but it's not close to the i don't think it's since the last time i checked right last time i checked it was less than five but it's around there
0: and so you're talking about i mean
2: you can run that on one terabyte hard drive uh those are accessible for now but with bigger block sizes okay soon enough you might need 100 terabytes 200 terabytes especially if there's no limit And then at that point it doesn't become accessible to everyone to be able to run their yeah. own node. There become bandwidth issues. So right now the mm-hmm. blocks, I guess uh the biggest
0: that a block can be is four megabytes. So and there's only one block every ten minutes. Sometimes it's less than ten minutes, sometimes it's mm-hmm. a little more, right? So um so you're talking about four megabytes in ten minutes. Like almost anyone anywhere in the world can do that. They can they can participate in that if they wanted to run a node. So there's a lot of interesting implications to that. You're talking about people in the middle of nowhere could be connected to a satellite and they can be running a Bitcoin node. And the satellite just comes over the overhead once or twice a day and they just download, you know, however many blocks it was since the last time the satellite came around. That's wonderful. You know, I'm talking about people in remote places can be participating in the world economy. That's cool. Even Even if they don't have like Starlink, <laughs>
2: you know? Yeah. Uh I think uh that the fact that it can be used globally will definitely help so many people help a lot of economies grow. A lot of industries will be coming from this. Um and in terms of like efficiency, I think that the financial incentive to getting the cheap uh renewable energy is uh, ultimately like a really good step forward in like our energy production and helping society improve itself in terms of on that front um uh, the fact that the race to renewable energy cheap energy can uh, for bitcoin uh, the network can help uh, society just try to get more sustainable energy and not contribute so much to global warming and so that that has an the added benefit of, of like this is an added benefit that money doesn't normally have
0: Yeah. Uh, so let me shout out Alana Mediavia she's doing uh, a documentary called Dirty Coin and it's it's specifically addressing like questions about Bitcoin and energy, like the relationship between Bitcoin mining and energy the impact that Bitcoin mining has on energy systems in different communities throughout the planet so a lot of people don't understand like what it means that Bitcoin you know, uses as much energy as it does. Especially when people don't recognize a value in Bitcoin, they just obviously see that any, any resources expended towards Bitcoin's production is a waste. That tends to be the way they look at it. What they don't see is all the positive impacts that, um, that Bitcoin mining has. So as you mentioned, Bitcoin miners, they chase after the cheapest energy possible because this is the only way to maintain a competition Right. Like if if you're spending like in a city, 12 cents per, is it kilowatt or watt? I'm pretty sure it's per kilowatt. Spending, you know, 12 cents, you can't compete with someone who's paying like one cent free energy. Yeah. You know, five cents. Um, And so you also have to pay for your hardware, too. So this is really interesting. They're chasing after the cheapest energy possible. And then where they set themselves up, they create what I guess what they call like a base load. Um, so it's essentially, they're creating 24 hour demand for the electrical grid. Mm-hmm. They're, um, evening out the, the volatility of energy demand, because what most people don't realize is that the energy that we consume, right? Like the lights that are shining on us and the camera that's filming us, like this energy has to be produced constantly, mm-hmm. 24 seven,
2: you be know, readily like, available. We,
0: we don't have giant batteries that are powering our civilization no it's all powered by like on-demand energy Mm -hmm. and the problem with that is that the machines that it takes to produce this energy they cost a lot of money to run so if you're not selling the energy right then you end up turning off the machines so there's a lot of different considerations i mean one consideration is that there are communities in the world that don't have 24 7 power because the Companies that actually use the power are only open during the day. So there are communities that literally have their power shut off at night. Not in the United States as far as I know, but I'm talking about like in developing nations. So if a miner comes and sets up shop in one of these communities because even though it's a poor community, the power is cheap, they now create this 24-7 demand for that energy. And so now there are communities today in the world that have power 24-7 because a miner Chose to start mining in yeah, that community, and they spend so much. They offset, enough, right? Spends yeah. enough. They
2: offset the, yeah. the value of what it costs. To no, no run. I'm saying
1: that they they spend enough to where they they, exactly. they make it that they have to create it because yeah, there was exactly. no need to for production. That's what I meant. Yeah, right? it's
0: gotta be. It's gotta be enough, obviously, to make it the energy companies, you know, worthwhile, worth their time. Yeah, yeah. And so that's just one example. Like another example of the kind of impact that Bitcoin mining can have is, let's say, Texas. There was a, an example in the last year where. Uh, they they had like a you know these one of these crazy cold fronts that came yeah in that was unexpected broke the grid. and the bitcoin miners um, because of the agreement they have with ERCOT which is like the the energy company over there they actually shut down production they got paid by ERCOT to shut down production but by shutting down they made energy available for the rest of the grid. And this was in an like emergency situation. So at that moment, it was much more valuable to the energy producers to give it to someone else. And then in turn, they were willing to pay the miners to use it. Now, in another situation, if the miners weren't participating in this kind of a setup and then they didn't have to shut down or they refused to shut down, you're talking about maybe people would die in their homes of coal because, you know, brownouts. So there's a lot of there's a lot of impacts. But Bitcoin is Bitcoin miners. They're going to chase cheap energy. They're going to um, they're going to build up energy infrastructure wherever they go, and uh, and I think overall it's going to be a good thing for humanity. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a good thing in the long run.
2: <laughs> I've seen this uh, product of a home in-home uh, heater mm-hmm. that it just <laughs> runs off of a of Bitcoin miner. Well,
0: you bring up a great. A great topic because a lot of people don't know this Satoshi Nakamoto had already proposed I think it was in 2009 that basically a lot of the world heats their homes with electrical energy you know some people they'll use natural gas some people use wood and other things but a lot of people in the world have electric furnaces that just run off the power grid well in 2009 Satoshi had already suggested replacing electric heaters with mining, he said it's free heat or free Bitcoin, one or the other, right? Yeah. Like whatever you used to spend on heat, just spend that much on on the mining, miners Bitcoin. and there you go. Like you're gonna get Bitcoin in the process, but you're also gonna ha- get heat. So really we could we could totally reshape our world infrastructure if we did a lot of that. Like, I mean, think about, you know, even in South Florida, where we hate the heat, but I love a hot shower. Love a hot shower. I could be heating my my water with it with a Bitcoin miner. You know, we could be heating the the water with Bitcoin miners, and we, it's you know that's kind of cool. <laughs> a few steps to get there, but I see your point. Obviously, it's it takes a lot of steps to get there. I mean, you kind of have to rejigger your your infrastructure in your home or your building to adapt to it, yeah. but. But maybe, like in the future buildings in the future, instead of building it with like this electrical infrastructure, we could build it with like this bitcoin mining infrastructure. Mm-hmm. I think it would be cool,
2: and it would uh it would be cool <laughs>
0: it would be
2: it's not just the uh, hot showers, it's also the like laundry machines,
0: sure, yeah, the laundry machines, the hot water for the for the laundry mm-hmm. anytime you need you need heat. heat i mean it doesn't not very hot because I think it only goes to a certain temperature right oh, yeah. but We only need, you know, for so much. So it's just really interesting. I mean, I think about that a lot about like our society, and I think this is an effect of the money. It's an effect of fiat, like government command and authority. Uh, We we have all these negative externalities that we don't like address. I'll give you one real simple example. Almost everyone i know has a refrigerator in fact i don't know anyone who doesn't have a refrigerator but all these refrigerators have these coils in the back of them that just release heat the whole time Mm. so like to make the inside of the refrigerator cold it has to make something else hot and what is it making hot it's making your house hot it's making your apartment hot so you now have to run your ac more to make up for the heat that you're your refrigerator is producing so like even before like the idea of Bitcoin mining even came into my head, like we could have been heating our water with like the coils on the back of our of our refrigerators like we we're just but because we're so focused on like consumerism and like I want my refrigerator and and I want to choose my brand and all that stuff that we don't have like a consciousness of like all this waste yeah,
2: we need to reclaim more I think I
1: you're to... right, but I also think we're missing the point of how difficult it would be to turn
0: that to ter- heat the water to then. I don't think it would be difficult. It's just that we
2: would have to do things very differently. So I think, to a degree, uh, it would be more cost. If uh, it'll cost more to do something like that, but the fact that Bitcoin is now a thing, it helps reduce the the overall or like increases the incentive for doing something like that, because now there's an immediate monetary return for reclaiming that energy, versus in the other way. Where if Bitcoin wasn't a thing, then it'd just be like, oh, we know it could be more efficient. It's just more sort of like it's a it's a project. It's not so much
0: it's a culture. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm
1: not sure because I I came up. I asked. This is, this is it's a tangent. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I remember way back in the way back now. We went to the Keys a lot, the Florida Keys for you you people listening. I asked Malcolm like, why don't golf carts have regenerative braking or regenerative charging? Mm-hmm. And he's like – his his thing was it wouldn't be cost-effective to put a generator or a regenerative breaker <laughs> yeah. that small into something to get back this much power. Yeah. yeah I think we're sure. going to have a similar issue in terms of how much power – how much it would cost to do that one thing mm-hmm. to then reward. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's more of – it's about – it's
1: Versus the other one – It's design you, choices. Like yeah. we've
0: made certain design choices as a society, as an economy that kind of st- – trap us in ways of doing things i mean i work on boats in my day job i'm a yacht electrician i I mean there are boat like uh there are coolant lines for air conditioners that run from like one end of a boat to another so you're talking about like a little metal tube that like literally just running you know 100 feet down a boat to provide this this coolant refrigerant i guess is really what it's what it's called refrigerant um just you know to like run the air conditioner so if they can do that on a boat i mean i don't know like we we could stick some like okay right now your water heater is one thing right and then your refrigerator is another thing well we could like have a combo water heater refrigerator unit you know where like the back of the refrigerator is your water heater and the front is your refrigerator I don't know. We, we, the, the coils on the back of the refrigerator could just simply be connected to some sort of like central system instead of being their own independent system. It's just a matter of design choices. We're kind of stuck with the way things are now. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with you. Yes, we would, it would take a lot of money and engineering and all kinds of stuff to do things differently than the way we do them now. But we definitely should do things differently, not necessarily in that one particular. Yeah, way. Yeah, no, no I I, I'm not disagreeing with that at all. <laughs> I'm just saying to get it there from where
1: we are now, like yeah. Uh, your current the current position where you have the water in your house would mm-hmm. have to move. Well,
0: so here's a rabbit hole that's like tangentially related to this that's tangent funny. that we're going on. I mean, I think one of the main reasons why our society is the way it is has to do with patents and copyrights and trademarks, is the intellectual property system that we have here. We we sort of create these protections around ideas and around procedures and methodologies of producing things. And then this in a way kind of crowds out creativity and innovation at a very small level like we don't have um a lot of like regional innovation we don't hear about like the the random inventor who came up with a thousand inventions in his life and we don't ever hear those stories anymore in 2023 but that's like the story of edison or tesla like these guys went through thousands of different inventions um today i feel like it's so difficult because so many different Aspects of our reality are monopolized through IP. You know, the government has created all these like barriers about where you're allowed to do things, what you're allowed to do. So, I do think a part of the problem is also that our economy does not encourage experimentation for the sake of discovering new things. Like, our economy encourages profit seeking and maximizing profit. And not to say that there's anything wrong with that but like inventions are not necessarily profitable. You have to like, and some inventions are, are very unprofitable, right? So like you have to go through a lot of different ideas to find the great ones. And it, it seems to me like as a society, we're stuck going through very few ideas in, in a kind of slow motion process. Whereas I think if we, if as, as a radical thinker, right? Like this, this is one of the reasons why I'm so attracted to Bitcoin because I, I believe in freedom and in and autonomy and self-determination, like people should be able to do whatever they want to do as long as they're not hurting yeah. other individuals. And to me, that includes things like inventions. Like people should be able to invent or experiment with or practice with whatever technologies they want, as long as they're not hurting someone. And so, you, this could be applied to so many different industries. I mean, it could be the computers, it could be the cars, it could be these cameras, it could be microphones. Like all of these technologies are so heavily laden with IP and ip protectionism you know like you hear these stories about like samsung is suing apple is suing google is suing microsoft and they're always suing each other and, and suing each other for billions of dollars and to me like they are monopolizing an ever i don't know i had in one of my essays recently i said like basically they don't see the value of freedom you know like they don't realize that we could be increasing the profit of our society and of our economy if we had more freedom like if people could actually experience more utility in their lives but instead we have so heavily compartmentalized this rent-seeking behavior of no you got to pay you know for so many aspects of your existence it's, it's kind of bothersome i mean the easiest example to think of when it comes to ip like to get off of like the physical objects like the inventions how about like movies and music and video games like here are these entire industries that are completely founded on ip you know like many people don't don't think that hollywood would even exist if it wasn't for the fact that then they could turn around and monetize their ip right like if well if you know if we had no guarantee that we could you know uh be the only ones to make money off of our product, then we're not gonna make it. This is, this seems to be like the underlying argument that I almost get almost all the time when I, when I bring this kind of topic up. And to me, I think this is very revealing, right? Like if the only reason why you are creating something, producing something, doing something, is because it makes you money, okay, that's fine, all well and good, but that, that reveals something about yourself, right? Like we have this notion of people doing things for joy and for pleasure and for happiness, right? Like, you know, find the work that that makes, that doesn't even feel like work, we say some to some people. And it makes a lot of sense, right? Like find something economically productive that brings you joy, why? Because when you're gonna be happy while you're making money, instead of most of the world who is not happy while they're making money. Um, how did I get? It? <laughs> I don't know. You went on a tangent there. And are you like how hey, it? Down me. with IP is what I'm saying. That's what. Down you, yeah, with IP, went it's went about to- innovation, right? Like, like I think people should make movies because they want to make movies. People should make music because they want to make music. People should make art because they want to make art. People should make video games because they want to make video games. Now, how do they? pay for their, their their these things how do they pay for their lives i don't know figure it out i think they have figured it out no they haven't no they, 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 they haven't they, the right they have a government a government like but that's infrastructure to to violently enforce their you know their their idea of a, being able to to keep profit but that i think that's you just said
1: a good point do do the thing you want but then don't expect to make money off of it and people don't want to buy it.
0: Well, so, so because um, yeah, so I don't, don't think
2: I don't think the issue is making money off of it. It's more so making a living off of it. It doesn't matter what, what well, no, right? he said. No, making, but it's
0: not making a living. See, that's not the problem. People don't have people don't have a problem making a living being creative. They have problems getting filthy rich being creative. Yeah. Okay. They're doing this for the money.
2: Okay. When you say people, do you mean the artists that created the product or the I mean, the, they're the worst at it? Right. Like it? Um, the whole structure. Uh, because imagine being someone who creates some type of character that's being used by other people, and oh well, Mickey Mouse—you <laughs> made that character. Uh-huh. Now, correct? Like it, it does some okay. in that particular sense. You create sense, a character. Does, mm-hmm.
0: Great, that's good for you. I love stories. I love narratives. I love fiction. That's all wonderful. I love being entertained.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But what does the universe owe you? Cause this is like this is what we're saying. We're like IP is saying that basically, if anyone enjoys this, they owe me because I created it. No, no, it's no, no. Like, that's exactly what it's saying. That's
1: what that's the artist. What, that's what people would say. Uh, Get, so, so, so
0: all of IP, all of IP, whether it's a book or a software yeah. or anything, it's like if anyone benefits from this intellectual media that I've produced, I should benefit as the creator. This is what the notion is. And I mean, to me, there's no analog in in the universe. Like, we breathe the air for free. The water flows for free. The rain drops for free. The sun rises for free. But we're going to say, like, I have an idea. I came up with a character. And now I'm going to sue some, like mother some housewife who like uploaded a torrent <laughs> you know of the Harry Potter film or something because mm-hmm. you know that's evil when like what i'm saying is like no like that whole thing of suing the mother and like and like that's evil like going after her over data like zeros well, and ones so on no one should should
1: make a living off of data then
0: make money they shouldn't or, or, they shouldn't I make a living to- off monopolization of data like people can make you know, like uh you can make money off data cuz like i'm people saying, like, still sell albums right people still sell like like i buy albums yeah sometimes i buy things you could sell merchandise right so like if you're a musician you could throw a concert and people pay to to get tickets to go to the concert but like to pay to listen to your song i don't know like they were playing it on the radio earlier today why should i have to pay now that i'm
2: at home like cuz the radio station paid for that. yeah for they no did. they didn't of course they yeah, did. did no they didn't of course they did yeah. they paid who did they pay they, they paid, paid the label did. yeah no they, no they didn't
1: yeah yeah they paid the label no, i don't think so the lab- yeah they, they uh, maybe either in some the label pay- maybe the label paid them or or the label paid the radio station to play the song oh uh, what or the label
0: oh so they play- paid them yeah. Sometimes, sometimes, yeah. sometimes,
2: sometimes, yeah.
0: So, so, like, so, in those instances, shouldn't the audience also be getting paid then? Because, because the the radio station is selling, like, okay, the radio waves are monopolized the ra- by the FCC. So you got this company that comes in and licenses the radio waves from the FCC, and they're producing this show. So they've already engaged in like this monopolization behavior, this rent-seeking behavior, and then they and then they're getting paid by a third party to put a song on these airwaves that are in the air like the, the radio is literally in the air like there are radio waves going through my head right now and these assholes aren't paying me a penny yeah but you can't catch it to listen you, to that, oh, you want to bet I, I got a device right here that can catch it but you paid so that device pay... to have that frequency i bought the device but, that's, yeah that's what i'm saying you but but i already paid for it i'd finished paying
1: for it right? and, but the company paid to make it to yeah but i paid to them, them
0: to make it Right. Big okay. Man? So is
1: <laughs> yeah, so. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying there's a chain that it went from one to the other. To then you can
2: now listen to it. In terms of the radio, the radio stations and the labels, the reason yeah. why the labels pay the radio stations is more so for advertising for marketing per, for yeah, marketing purposes. Yeah, so they're, oh, this art. Look at this art. I'm familiar artist. with the ASCAP and exactly. BMI
0: and how all that stuff works. But uh, what I'm really, like, there's a some song, for some reason, we were listening to the radio because there was a radio on the boat. And so they turned the radio on. And so, you know, I'm listening to, like, some... St- I never listen to radio, so I'm hearing all these pop songs. And there's, like, this one pop song that they played f- at least four times in the whole day. And I'm like, man, they're playing this song four times today. This is that so boring. They do like, that. there's millions of songs out there. And they can only... They, they got to play this one four times in one day. Yes, of course it happens because... Of like all of the fiat mindset that like underlies our culture, like w- we want everyone to listen to the same song. of people like that song. Uh, yeah, I think I think that people just are requesting. Or also want to listen
2: trending. to that song? But it's an open
1: mind. I'm not saying you're wrong because that does happen. What you're saying? Okay, I'm also so, saying so probably yes,
0: maybe most people listening to that radio station want to hear that song. I'm totally willing to believe that because why else would they bother <laughs> yeah, listening exactly. to that radio station? You but, just change channel. But But if they could listen to anything, like most people haven't heard most of the music in the world, right? Like they haven't heard most of the styles. They haven't heard most of the artists. So like how do they even know that they like that song more than all the other songs? Like they don't. So again,
2: listen to whatever you want.
0: Listen to whatever you want. But I don't want this like system of monopoly violence of like the radio system is another example, right? Like the radio waves, as I mentioned, going through my head, like they've monopolized that. So these radio stations that I don't agree with, that I don't support, like they have this collusion with the government that's beyond my control and they're benefiting from this collusion. Why can't I use the radio waves? Why can't I, as a musician, be pumping out my own music on the radio waves. Why? Because the government says I can't do that. Those radio waves belong to these people for the terms of their license. And if I want to get on those radio waves, I have to become a millionaire and start a radio company and bid for, you know, those airwaves. I that mean, that's not fair.
2: So I have no idea how it works, but I was going to ask a question. Yeah, that's what he said was accurate <laughs> in terms of like uh, how certain frequencies I'm are... I'm not saying it's okay. not. Okay, I'm what?
0: saying, can't you just get another radio wave? So, I mean, I think there is a certain spectrum that's available to the public,
2: but it's, like, a very limited... Yeah, so, yeah, the spectrum, like, radio waves that are Uh frequencies, and there's only a certain amount of frequencies that fit within that area of radio wave.
0: I was asking, I don't know. And see, like, if... Granted, so at some point in the past, the government made this decision, right? Like, so, we want... uh, we want to organize the airwaves so that we don't you know we limit interference from pirate question. Uh, pirate stations and all this stuff so they decided to like, create this system and we went down a certain path but i have to wonder like what kind of a world would we have today if we didn't go down that path if we decided not to monopolize the airwaves like would we have better encryption technology would we have better telecommunications technology today because we'd have to find a way to like pull a signal out of a noisy out of a noisy universe i mean Maybe we would be a more advanced society today if we would not have gone down this like easy path that seemed to make sense. But it comes with all these negative externalities. And the negative externalities are the opportunity costs that we'll never know existed. Because we as a society chose, no, no, no. Power 96 belongs to Power 96. And Y100 belongs to Y100. Mm-hmm. And it
2: doesn't belong to you or me even though it's literally light in the air yeah but it's also a very limited amount of like that wave only exists on that one wave so if multiple people are using that same wave then no one could get anything through that's what i'm saying that's it's not necessarily much, true There's too much noise there is noise but we have ways to, to
0: to find data through noise like to pull information out of noise and i think that it might be i mean maybe i'm wrong right like i i didn't study enough physics i should have studied more
2: uh like, in that case, there would have to be a device that would be able to hear this one radio wave and well, pull I mean, so out for different instance, sets of information. Like maybe,
0: you know, maybe it's just looking for a specific pattern, mm-hmm. you know, so there's all this noise, but it, it knows that, like, I'm talking to you and you
2: you know you have this specific granted maybe now in a day where we have more technology maybe that is more accessible more doable maybe i don't know i i I don't even know that's mm -hmm. that's i think we could have more technology today but back then when they did when they created that system then there's like there was no way for them to to separate the information if if it can exist but you got to imagine that when they created this system it wasn't it wasn't even a problem
0: Right, so like when they created the system, it, they didn't even have the excuse that the that the radio waves were clogged. But so but they, uh, they
2: could foresee it. I mean,
0: like
1: that's foreseeable. That there's a limited amount because it would be clogged now. There's if they were public, mm-hmm. it would be
0: clogged now. And so I mean, and sometimes you get well, but that's sometimes you get and they're not clogged.
2: I mean, alternatively, I'm saying they would be
0: clogged if it was free. Alternatively,
2: to use. Uh, something I hope so. something that's synonymous <laughs> would be like uh, uh, the Internet Protocol um, for. Uh, uh, IP addresses, uh, IPv4 uh, has a certain amount of bits mm-hmm. that we could use. Um, and at the time that IPv4 was mm-hmm. created, well, I mean, they thought then, they're like, oh, there's so many, there's so many addresses, this. we'll never reach that.
0: Let me give. Okay, so the example I wanted to give in regards to um, like the the crowding of the airwaves is cell phones. So, like everyone's got a cell phone. We've got three cell phones, probably at least in this room, and somehow. Our cell phones know which signals are for my phone, which signals are for your phone, which signals are for, for your phone. You know, like we could all be on the same car- a, a carrier and our phones would never have any trouble knowing whose signals were for whom. So I really, I, maybe in the 70s and the 80s it would have been an issue, but if it was an issue, I think we would have come up with solutions probably quicker. <laughs> so, two things on that. Yeah, let's go. maybe
1: one, not in times ter- of crisis. What do you mean? So whenever there's a crisis, uh, phone lines are jam-packed.
0: You mean overloaded? Overloaded, yeah, jam-packed. Yeah, but this, but this is it's a different problem because that's a problem with the uh-huh. centralization of the transmission of the, of the communications, right? So it's not a problem with the airwaves themselves, but it's that these towers are getting too many. So if we decentralize the telecommunication More system, every phone is a tower. Think about it, man. Every cell phone sends and receives signals. Yeah, but okay, but it's like how far can you
1: decentralize it for each phone to have its own like th- like spot or its yeah. own tower without it, you just having a thousand well, the, yeah, well, the you already with, have a the, thousand. The issue dollars. with, the, so how many the, the issue with
2: decentralization would be latency, the yep. more the more the more nodes, are yeah. Well, we've got
0: 5G now, right? And 5G is supposed to be really fast.
2: So, yeah, how fast
0: is 5G? Do you guys the, know? Ridiculously fast, ridiculously fast. So, but every continue no so i'm just saying like every phone if, yeah, you, a if, if you have 5g are... in your phone i'm not saying you're going to be handling the entire network on your phone what? but like maybe you know your phone could be a node yeah in a tele in a de- and distributed not, telecommunications if, and network If your node's busy then it'll just hop <clears> like off on your the your node might not even connect to like every other mm. node it might connect to like you know, maybe bigger nodes. The issue
2: with that would be is that the range the five G has. Yeah, within us, we would have great service. But we, will, us, our phones are all very centralized in a certain yeah. spot, location wise, physically. Yeah. We would have to connect to another five G node somewhere. Like well, so then the we could we, we could use five G for the close stuff. We could use
0: four G for the far stuff. Four G is good enough for a telephone call. Mm-hmm. 3G is good enough for a telephone call. 2G, like they're all good enough for telephone calls. Yes. So like we don't even need that much bandwidth for the basic for the mm-hmm. for
1: the most basic. No, but yeah. you do need it when you want to high bandwidth, obviously. When you're going to no watch, no doubt center. about
0: that. No doubt about that. <clears throat> and we we would have a completely different telecommunications infrastructure if the rules were different. You know, like if we had if you know if if every um, no, a mesh network think about like a global mesh network or a neighborhood mesh network mm-hmm. right like this is two <clears throat> very different scales but if you can get it to work at the neighborhood and if every neighborhood has a neighborhood mesh network then all every neighborhood needs is just like one tower t- t- to connect to like the nearby neighborhoods right and so then within that neighborhood you got the 5g thing going and then between neighborhoods you get the 4g thing going and it's all cool it's all gravy yeah, Like I, you know like the technology we already know the technology exists uh and we can therefore probably invent different ones that just do what we want them to do. Yeah, Yeah. better.
2: Yeah, the mesh network thing is actually a really cool idea in my opinion. Having just all the information spread out across different devices so that not one device is gonna be held accountable for everything.
0: I mean, to me it's also like from a consumer level, it's also about sharing. Like I live in a building that's got mostly, let's say like retired aged people. A lot of them, if they use internet, they're using very little. You know, like maybe the most that they're using is like their Netflix, you know. Okay, so they got that high bandwidth, you know, like TV show going on. But I promise you, no matter what they're doing, I'm doing a lot more with my bandwidth. If we were sharing our bandwidth, right, like it could save people money, Mm -hmm. right? So that's one thing.
2: Um, Yeah, maybe you could like offer them some type of compensation for their bandwidth, whatever mm -hmm. they're not using, even though they probably have like since they have a surplus. Um, However, the issue with the mesh network is that you would have to trust every every device it's no, on we the network. We,
0: we would have to come up with a methodology that would not require trust, right? Yeah. Like Bitcoin, I'm not gonna say like Bitcoin is not it, right, Bitcoin is money, but we could come up with some methodology for transmitting data, uh, obviously encrypted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know? it would have to be encrypted for sure. And so if it's encrypted and, and if the person who's transmitting the data cannot break the encryption, then I don't think there's any, there's no trust. The, the, what you'd have to trust is that, is that they're gonna pass the message along, right? Uh, it's the, not
2: just pass the message along. You also want to make sure that you do want you want that aspect, but you also want to make sure that the message is is secure, like yeah. as in the the only the receiver is reading the message for who, for, like it's not a broadcast. But that's it's, what it's encryption a message. is for,
0: right? So we already yeah. have encryption. That's already a thing. So I don't see what the problem
2: is. Then. No, no, it's just more, more so like making sure that yeah, you got whatever aware. system that goes into place for we gotta like cover that.
0: our bases. That's for sure. I like. Do you guys know about Nostr?
2: Yeah, we talked about it. Uh, not too long ago with who, who we talking about I <laughs> cut this out of the podcast. Yeah, we talked about it. Uh, notes is, and other
0: stuff transmitted yeah. by
2: relays. Yeah, it's like a decentralized Twitter.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I think it's there's a lot of interesting potentials, right? So like you could have a Nostra relay that's just sort of like a drop box and then the the event might just sit there and wait until the person finally comes and like collects it. So it's like a mailbox, right? Like so when the person collects their mail, then the relay can delete it. Right. So now you're talking about a circumstance where if you're not certain that the, the message or the event could be delivered immediately, um, but you know that like this particular relay, like maybe you're paying them. I don't know. Like they'll just hold that message there indefinitely encrypted until the person with the right keys comes and takes it and then they can delete the message. Right. And they'll never know what it was. There's a lot of interesting technologies I think that are going to come up to address a lot of these concerns. Are, are you on Noster? No, <laughs> it's so funny. Like I'm really, really bullish on Noster, and, and but I'm not on it because it's just none of the, none of it doesn't really work for me yet, and uh, I think it's really early days. And I'm more of a like I prefer a polished experience than a rough experience. So I'm encouraging the development. I think it's. Um, because now there's a
2: protocol and you need to interact with it with, like, specific clients who are...
0: Yeah. Well, there's, there's rules, right? So there's mm-hmm. rules to how the protocol works. And as long as you're following the rules, you could do whatever else you want. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can have all kinds of different relays or all kinds of different clients. You know, like, you could have clients that are more focused on media sharing versus, like, let's say just regular posts or maybe more focused on music. Or, um, you know, like, it could be a marketplace for listings of, of uh, items for sale or the relay could have all of that stuff and then the clients maybe could segregate those things. But it's super, just super early days. Like you you, you join almost any Nostr client and then you just get like these horrible global feeds or it's like you're just seeing tons and tons of posts and it's like Reddit, you know, like the front page of Reddit and you're like, <laughs> I don't wanna see half of this stuff. And so, I, you know, it's just not for me yet, but I do hope to in the near future join Noster. I wanna, uh, I wanna start like a local South Florida Bitcoiners Relay, so it'll be like just for the South Florida Bitcoiners, kind of like a little private community to talk in and communicate in. That'd be cool. So hopefully by the end of the year, <laughs> I'll be on Noster. And the re- interesting thing that happened just this week was that Domus, which is the iOS app, like a really popular iOS app, for, well, in terms of I, Noster. Yeah, yeah, and nice. uh, Apple's telling them like, oh, you got to remove Zaps, which are the payments. In the like, so you could zap a post. You could send Bitcoin to like, yeah. oh, I like this post. Here's a hundred satoshis. Here's a thousand satoshis. Well, Apple considered that to be um, like sales of some kind, like digital yeah, they, sales. They consider, they, they like consider like a, a, that yeah. like an in-app purchase. And so stuff. they, they're like, they want to cut. They're going to ban the app, yeah, unless they get a cut. Unless they get a cut. But but there's no like the thing is is that it's not an in-app purchase. Like the zapping isn't independent function like it's got nothing to do with the app itself but it's so within the app though it's, yeah it is That's, within the app but the app doesn't like necessarily see any of the money so it's I mean they probably do they probably do too sure. it, Yeah,
1: I uh, you know that, that's just
0: Apple though, because I know that
1: they have that rule that any any within app purchases they take thirty percent. Like even your subscription, like, if you do it through Apple, they're taking thirty percent. <laughs> yeah, subscription. like
2: if you subscribe to Netflix.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but these
0: are these are literally voluntary donations, so it's just. It's I think they
1: take a percentage of donations from
0: like. Oh, really, stream, I think. Wow. So. Yeah, that was actually well, Apple's crazy. bastard. Like so depending. What are you gonna do? Again with this IP stuff, right? Like they've got this little fiefdom that they Well, created. I wouldn't consider
2: that IP stuff. I would just say that that's Well, uh, I'm saying like the reason, the
0: reason well, yeah, but the reason why they have devices and that they can they can institute like they can make rules of how you use their device even okay. after you've paid for it is because of IP. Mm-hmm. Like, because you're choosing to be, like in a free market, you know. I would say, like, I don't give a shit what you say, Apple. I'm gonna br- brick my device, or I mean, I mean, I'm not gonna brick. Bricking is what happens when you try to, you know, <laughs> <laughs> when you try to like, fix you know, um, the devices should be open, right? Like, when you buy a device, it should be yours. Like, there should not be these implicit licenses that give them some sort of control over the device indefinitely.
1: So, I guess that comes to where you're paying for the software.
2: Yeah. You'd have to use a open, source, open source software.
1: And I use iOS. Like, but then you
0: use the benefits of iOS. Yeah,
2: I know, I know. But again, so, yeah. like, you know,
0: I mean, like, if, if you do something with iOS that you're not supposed to do, they're going to sue you. And then that goes back to, like, the IP monopoly. Like, why, why shouldn't you be able to do whatever you want? Like, why shouldn't you be able to? Because I guess the argument there is you didn't develop
1: that product. Or or that IP or that software. Yeah, yeah. Like someone else took the time, made it, and now they're this is how they designed
0: it to be used. Yeah, I mean <clears throat> I understand that, and I think there's a certain extent to which that's like reasonable, but then there's an there's an extent to which it's unreasonable. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't own an Apple device. I don't I don't plan on buying one. So I mean, like again, maybe it's in the the end user license agreement, you know. But I think those are pretty. Garbage, anyways. Like, um, they change. Yeah, I mean, they change, and there's a lot of change without notice. And you have to, and like, you agree to abide by them, even if you don't, if you weren't notified of the changes. This is all like just authoritarian garbage. Like, in a free world, we wouldn't really tolerate these kinds of behaviors and, and standards. Um, but you know, they make a, a product that is well enjoyed by the U.S. public, and so you know like there's certainly not like a kind of a like I'm not going to win a popularity contest with the argument like yes they produced they produced a software they maintain a software and that's all well and good but that goes for everyone hmm? like that goes for Microsoft that goes for any software company they all have the same thing yeah but like to me in terms of like physics and the way the world works is like once that data is off their servers and it's on your servers like I would consider my device a server that data should be mine like cuz the device is mine um, But it's not, you know, because it's not and it's not because they put all this money and time and effort into building it. It's not mine because they have gotten the government to grant them a monopoly, like regardless of whether they actually put the time and energy, like someone could come and buy a company and buy up all their IP. So they didn't do anything, actually. They yeah. just bought the company, but they can now enforce that IP. So it's like this is just a business practice. This is the way our society and our culture does business when it comes to like ideas is that we let people monopolize ideas.
1: (laughs) To a degree, I guess you can say.
0: It's definitely to a degree. I mean, the government can't be everywhere all the time. So obviously, like, digital piracy still exists. Torrents still exist, and peer-to-peer still exists. It'll probably exist for
2: the rest of history.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but, like, should they, right? Like... Digital piracy really shouldn't exist. Like the, the there should be a you know There should be ownership. Think of, of it data. like this, right? So let's say you go to a movie theater. No, okay, not you not even a movie theater. Let me keep it simple. You buy you buy a movie, like a pay-per-view, what do they call them now? On demand, what do they call it these days? Yeah, pay-per-view on demand. Sure. Like you rent a movie on your on your TV, right? Mm-hmm. And you're yeah. gonna pay like fourteen ninety nine or something or whatever it costs. And like let's you know, you like the movie. So you imagine that in an economic sense, a person pays for a movie because they're hoping to enjoy it. They're hoping to get something out of it. Correct. So in this exchange, I get the joy of watching the movie and this company that, that is selling or licensing the movie, they get the pleasure of my money in exchange for it. So everyone wins, that's great. Now let's consider the option where I pirate the movie and I didn't pay for it, right? So. What do they get? Well, they get nothing. What do they lose? They lose nothing. Nothing's happened to them. Yeah, they lost the, fina- the financial incentive. But what if I wasn't going to buy it? Like, what if, what if I'm poor? What if I'm so poor I can't afford the $14.99 for the movie? So mm-hmm. in this universe, in this specific contrivance that I've established, they weren't going to get a penny from me. Mm-hmm. There was no way they were going to get any money from me. Like Correct. if I got a penny, I'm going to put that penny into like buying some water. or Something thirsty. else. Correct. But yeah. for somehow I have a, a computer and internet in my And you pirate the house, movie. right? You pirate the movie. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I pirate your movie. You get nothing. You didn't mm. lose anything. I know you want to think that you lost profit. You didn't lose profit. You didn't. That didn't exist. This was an idea you
2: had. You hoped you'd get this money in the so future. So you only, you only saw it because it was free to you.
0: Well, regardless of why I saw it, right? Like maybe I was passing by a screening that someone was doing like in their backyard and I just like stood there Mm. on the other side of their fence watching it. But the the Mm. point I'm trying to make is that in me consuming the film, the producer doesn't expend any effort. He expended effort in producing Mm -hmm. the film, no doubt about it. Actors and lights and cameras and we had to get catering because the actors want to eat. They're not going to work while hungry yes to produce it yes but not to deliver it to me no for me to watch it just has to exist right like a dvd has to exist there's a a file on my computer there's a vhs or whatever and and so you don't lose anything but the the crux of this Mm -hmm. is that what do i get out of it you got to enjoy the movie i got to enjoy the movie so so in this situation imagine how utopic this is like we have now increased the profit that exists in the world and it didn't cost anyone anything. Negative. It did cost them No, negative. no. There who, was a cost. It, make, who there was go? a cost to production of, of that the film. the production.
2: If yeah, they, did, even if they,
1: I'm not going to say they didn't make back their money. Assume they did you make not, back their money. No,
0: we don't have to assume that. Why? Why should we assume that? We don't have to assume because that. Because
1: there's a cost to produce it. I agree. If if the if, movie costs $30 million to make, yeah. and it does not make $30 million, yeah. or, or it has to make more than $30 million, yeah, there's no reason for us to produce
2: movies. Another movie. Okay. So then, boom. So
0: that's what it do you mean? Th- okay, so there's no reason for you to produce? No, no. There's no reason for anyone. For anybody. How How much? much? Are you guys getting paid to do this podcast tonight?
1: I'm getting paid zero. I'm spending money. Okay. Spend money. I'm losing money. Why
0: would you do that?
1: Because I enjoy losing money. Wait. No. It's not because you enjoy losing money. It's because you enjoy doing a podcast. Correct. But what I'm saying is... I'm not saying... That's why there are levels to the game. That's why no, That's no, why I'm no, saying... That's, no.
0: that's, this, is, this is ideas that we've created. They're not I, real.
2: Okay, so... In the terms of what this specific argument, the reason why someone would want to produce something without getting financial benefit immediately after would be to see some type of financial benefit in the long run. I mean, but you and, never and, did and, anything and, and to my, make someone happy? Correct. Well, in, in this particular – all the time, always – but in this specific, but not specific this guy, case, not this time. Well, no, no. In this specific case, for the podcast, it would be more so like to help educate the world in better financial tools, such as Bitcoin. Because you consider that valuable. That's make I the world consider better. Because right. I, the
1: argument is cost of scale. It's what it costs to make dis- a big. I understand your film argument, argument. That's what I'm saying.
0: But maybe we don't need big budget films. Like maybe, maybe in a free world, but they we have that. very few. But we, but we do that. We, we have
1: need- we have small budget films. We do have small-budget films, yeah. They, they're, they're, there's a film festival every year and multiple Many, all around the world. All over the world. All, Lots yeah. of film festivals. There, Watch those films. They still exist. They, they still exist, and they still have their.
0: They yeah. still have a market. Yeah, yeah. And I don't really know what your argument is. So you're telling me that I'm saying they're not going to make Hollywood movies if we're not willing to protect their profits. And I'm no, saying no, no, that's so okay. You're not gonna, I'm saying
1: they're not going to spend two hundred and fifty million dollars to make that. Big they, probably
0: can, and add, okay, they probably shouldn't. They probably
1: shouldn't. you wouldn't get the same level of movies. What I'm saying I'm you're okay with they, that. So you're. I'm not okay. I rather them spend the money to so I can watch Avatar because there's no small <laughs> film director that can get me Avatar. Yeah.
0: Look, I, so
2: I, I, I guess like in the in the terms of like what what's being discussed right now it'd be that for something to be created some type of energy or some, some Time type of backing something Time, needs a something has to back exactly yeah. that, that product or service mm-hmm. that's being created yeah and no one's no one will create a product or service without seeing some <laughs> type of benefit as a whole sure but the benefit doesn't have to be financial it's just financially. It doesn't have to be financial. It's just finan- financially, it's the way the easiest way to see it.
0: I mean, if you're trying to run a business, you need to make money, right? But I'm not talking about running businesses. I'm talking about like human behavior, separated from all of these like titles we give them. Like if if mm-hmm. you want to produce a film because you have like this vision in you, and, and, what and you it's w- just this is your passion,
2: and you got this story Correct. to tell. What do you and consider Two hundred million dot what? What do you consider businesses?
0: Wait, man. He was on a good point Uh, there. Yeah, and if you need $200 million to tell Mm -hmm. this movie and it's just you can't get the money because no one thinks that they're going to make their money back, then that sucks. Life isn't fair. But if you're able to get that money... And you're able to produce this movie, even though people don't expect to make any money off of it. I, how? I have no idea. But you know, they've got like religions that get people donate money to. They've got all kinds of like charity organizations. So so people throw money around yeah, left and right understand. for reasons other than profit. Yeah, yeah. It happens. And maybe the reason could be for beauty, for sharing, for you know so so the point I was trying to make earlier There's we we kinda got of profit. I would consider those to be forms yes, of profit. Yes, exactly. So the point I'm trying to make is that if we recognize that there is profit to be gained in sharing mm-hmm. information and that you can actually bring more profit to the world by sharing information freely rather than sharing it in, with restrictions for profit motives, you would actually like significantly increase the profit in the world. Like people will become richer without having a penny more to their name. Like people will have joy and pleasure and beauty in their life that they didn't have before, and they're going to have it without costing anyone anything specifically. We can come up with specific examples of how they, they had to spend money to make this movie. Okay, so not that movie. Let's take that movie out of the yeah. question and let's find a movie that someone made and they didn't charge anyone
2: for it. Maybe those don't exist yet, but yeah, They
0: do. I, I, I know they do. I but I'm, I'm, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm like,
1: <laughs> they do. I think the
2: important thing would be to compare which one... Brought more happiness, which one brought, but that's what I'm saying. And you it's can't like, compare That's subjective, it, yeah, it is it's subjective, but it's quantifiable.
0: But the see that hmm. the problem is that by restricting, you see, because what you're doing is you're restricting access, like only the people who either paid for it or pirated it can get it. But if you create this circumstance where Everyone can enjoy it, whether they paid for it or whether and, and there's no pirating in this universe anymore because data is just data. And there's no such thing as stealing data um, well, unless you break into someone's house and go through their files. That's a different story. But like mm-hmm. if it's just a copy of data that someone gave yeah. you, you know, we can there's just so much profit. And this is just the joy of media of like art, Mm -hmm. but now apply that same idea to other things like science, engineering. You know, now I'm talking about people being able to Profit from ideas, being able to have ideas and apply them in their life, regardless of the restrictions on the ideas. So patents, you know. Let me give you one crazy example. During the pandemic, India is one of the largest pharmaceutical manufacturers on the planet. They produce most of the farm, as far as as I know. Them in China, yeah, Yeah. tremendous amount. During the pandemic, all the Western, you know, rich nations like. Pre-ordered the crap out of all the vaccines. Yeah. This is not a discussion about whether vaccines are good or not, right? Yeah, this we don't. Is just, yeah. This is just the circumstances. What they bought. They yeah. spent so, money. So all these countries, like the United States and France and Germany and England, they all bought like way more of these vaccines than they needed. And what ended up happening when they finally started pumping them out, now all these poor countries can't get their hands on them because they it's back-ordered. It. Yeah. So India actually came out, like various people from India had said, Hey, like we have all these facilities where we do all this advanced pharmaceutical stuff. Why don't you, for a brief period of time, let us manufacture this vaccine so that we can get it to our people? And then, of course, like they're like, no, like, are you kidding me? Like, hell no. Yeah, That's big pharma, though. Well, we're all against big pharma. Yes, but just an, just another example, though. Like, right? Like, if if they so again, they, at the end, make, the
2: end of the day, they weren't allowed to make the. Exchange. No, they had the to exchange.
0: buy them just like everybody else. Yeah, but but if the vaccines worked, I'm not saying whether they did or not, or they do or not. But if they worked, then India could have like tremendously helped their population of like a billion people by being able to manufacture. A drug in an emergency situation mm-hmm. but because we do the, the, the things the way we do them and we're so you know squeezing every little penny we can no no i you're i
1: think you're right on some others i don't agree with but yeah, yeah. I, the, I know it's a radical take. it's a radical No, for sure <laughs> when it comes to pharma i'm not going to disagree with you at all i think that's just big pharma we're one of the one of the only two countries that are allowed to advertise, advertise. advertise. Any pharmaceutical company, that are yeah. allowed to push anything. I mean, look at that what's Your around, doctor's Ozempic, you know, yeah. like it's approved for diabetes, but everyone's and, and, taking it for weight loss. And Ozempic's been out; it's, it's not something new. This has been out. Yeah, but now it's like it's popular. The word is out. Now. Exactly. <laughs> the word is out. Now it's popular for people
0: to use to to lose weight and all it's that. Nuts, we're such an over-medicated society. Yes,
2: <laughs> I've been told that. I well, when advertisements in 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 the mix and marketing, no, it's
1: not even not marketing. I I mean, like the amount of pills we are allowed to buy at a drugstore in other countries, they, they don't give you that amount. Well, we're not we're not allowed to buy that quantity. Oh, well, the quantity, but the but they'll let you buy almost anything. No, no, not saying they won't buy. I'm saying the, the amount they buy yeah, is so less. It's way less. Like we they don't have fifty Advils in a pack. Or, or for an example, it's it's like, it's, 10. it's like ten. It's not meant to be overtaken. Like we are over prescribing ourselves the amount we can we're allowed to buy. In well, quantity.
0: We uh we just wanna feel good all the time, right? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent yeah. Oh man, it's it's a big problem. We need to uh like go for
2: more walks. To, uh, like go for more walks, get more sunlight, sun. get in some exercise, yeah, drink uh, drink more that, water. That was
1: the thing, we need more vitamin D. Drink that, more water. That's a water. real problem that affects your mood. That's proven.
0: Mm. It's called cabin fever. Mm hmm. Oh yeah. And like we're all stuck in our offices, like on our computers or I guess the younger generation don't really have computers. They just have these cell phones tablets like I ask people like do you have computers and they're like what like what's that Yeah, no, <laughs> people don't use it like yeah. they only type it's so fascinating to see how technology has changed it has changed over the past and
1: computers you know? is very short the the time they've been out to, yeah. to now yeah
0: I mean, it's, it's
2: especially crazy. the
1: at home I remember getting my Deskups? first computer
2: mm-hmm. yeah it's nuts I think I still have my first computer at home
0: I don't know I have some of my older that computers. might be worth something I don't think so. As an antique, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Like if you could put it in a museum, maybe. Like I had, and it's weird how the technologies they change and they're not backwards compatible. So I remember I had this computer, and I used to be able to connect to the internet, but then something happened. Like Comcast changed something, and like I could no longer connect this computer to the internet. And and the computer only it didn't have a DVR, Mm -hmm. so I couldn't burn discs. It had a floppy disk drive. And I it's had no, so I had no way to get any of my data off this computer because I couldn't get on the internet and, and you couldn't get a floppy disk and I, cu- I didn't have any floppy. and well, none mm-hmm. of my other computers so even if I could get a floppy I guess I would have to buy you had to get a floppy a disk, floppy disk readers <laughs> and burn it there was
2: very limited data on that computer anyway so <laughs> yeah. I, don't think, I don't think you're missing my I've memory. long since let it go it's like you know yeah, to the wind 4, four megabyte <laughs> floppy disk. oh man it would have been a minute to, back to, to download to it all yeah mm-hmm. well um I think. What's I don't up? know. I already go. <laughs> well,
0: how, long, how long have we been I don't here know today? how long we've been.
2: We've been recording for approximately 85 minutes.
0: 85 minutes? That's more than the hour you guys told me. I got to yeah. start charging. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're not doing this for free? What Dude. are you talking about? You <laughs> just came my <on> <laughs> radical rabbit hole. And we just got, wait a minute. This man just got me back on. We just went down and rabbit hole. No, over. I do a lot of things for. F- it's not for free. It's like, it's for joy. It's for Absolutely. pleasure. You know, like I host this meetup every Sunday. 110 times like I don't I mean I
2: get joy out of it I meet people mm-hmm. I, I have interesting
0: conversations we-
2: so you it's know it's actually a very fun meetup. I went <clears throat> like two times, two or three times uh, when you first started doing. Out of a hundred, you've been, to been twice. I'm not gonna yeah. talk. Cause this, I, this is
0: your flex. No, no. All I'm saying <laughs> is that's that a bad. It was,
1: like at least I say quiet. I've never been. No,
2: it no. Was, he's saying it's good. He's yeah, it's it's, good. it's a good time. I remember going, meeting some like exactly what you said, meeting good people, having fun conversations, and the food there is actually really really good.
0: Yeah, it's good food.
2: Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think you know the world would be
0: a better place if more people did things out of joy and love and happiness uh then out of profit i mean nothing wrong with profit unless there's something wrong with how you got it <laughs> so i think you can do what you're saying you just can't do it at a
1: bigger at the big scale and and that might be true and so people are uncomfortable not doing I, okay, it at so that bigger scale.
2: actually this just you just said something that re- reminded me of the question that i said when well, yes, i interrupted you he wants to go back in okay what do you consider a business to be because the way I see businesses in general, not all of them because there are people who do things just strictly for profit, but at least what I consider to be a good entrepreneur or a good business would be someone who has a mission, a vision to better the world and that they have this product or service that they want to provide to the masses or to the people who it fits, the product market fit, and that the only way to do that and to do more of it is to get a profit. So they would provide some type of service or product uh, at at the best uh, price possible without overcharging their client uh-huh. so that they could do more of what they're doing and provide more of what they see to be better for the world. And it technically should be, like theoretically should be better because people are buying it and not going back for yeah. it or using the service.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand. Um, it's, it's interesting. You said the word product market fit and I had heard that on a podcast today and they were saying like, it could take like four or five iterations before you find the right product market fit. Yeah. And then just the first thought I had was like, like wait, you didn't already have like like the market? Like why are you making this product? Like if you didn't, like you're not solving a problem for someone? No, you, you need to find the person who you're solving the problem for. Like why do you need to change the world? Why do you need to make the world better? Like can you make your neighborhood better? Can you make your your own life better? Changing the world is like a really, really high bar to set. And to me, it's like yeah. extremely delusional for most people to aim for that. Um, that's right. We live such privileged lives. The, the notion that you can even reach that. Not, I'm not saying you shouldn't reach that level. Hey, be a billionaire if you want to be a billionaire. But it's not going to make you happy. You, you can be happy a lot of ways, and it's like being a billionaire is not going to make you happy. Like doing things that you enjoy, being around people you enjoy—that's going to make you happy, yeah. whether you're a billionaire or not. Mm-hmm. So don't ever put the money in the way of the joy and the happiness, right? So if you're—that's a
2: statement that if,
0: if you can if you can balance all that, that's great. But I, I, most people I know don't—they don't really have that great balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because most people look for the money to make them happy. Yeah, or you know, or or they're so like I mean, there's lots of there's lots of problems. Like people get so caught up in maybe an idea that they're unwilling to realize that maybe the, the time isn't right, or maybe they don't have a product market fit, or you know, not everyone can be an entrepreneur. Obviously, um, not everyone's creative enough, cutthroat enough, quick thinking enough. Yeah, well, you know, not everyone can start a business to pay the game. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of ways of doing business. Like I listen to a podcast called the No Agenda Show. And they run on the value for value model. So they, like us, right? Like they're just doing it for joy. But they like sit there and be like, hey, if you liked this podcast, if you enjoyed this podcast, how long? 80 minutes? That's as long as a movie. Did you enjoy this podcast as much as a movie? If you did, why don't you send us as much as you would spend on a movie? Why not, right? Keep the podcast going. Keep us happy. And so that's like, that's that's a business though. That is. And they will read. I mean, these guys, bang they're making thousands and thousands of dollars every episode I they do twice like. a week hmm? i just want to like i don't want to like i want bitcoin mm-hmm. likes are pointless man send me bitcoin or you know you can send me a a, a heartfelt you're a, note a heartfelt, <laughs> you're asking for something i'm did i what yeah. send us bitcoin I told this, you. Is, this is the the sometimes crypto right sometimes I'm, crypto podcast I'm, you need to send satoshis show the love are you guys on podcasting 2.0 yet? You need to get on podcasting we're 2.0, not. and then we're gonna
2: get some satoshis to these guys. <laughs> this guy <probably> branded <laughs> right there. <Yeah. laughs> yep. Well, do you have anything else you want to plug? Uh,
0: you know, so um, plug your crypto brunch, man. Bitcoin brunch. My fault. My <laughs> fault. <laughs> My fault. He's gonna stab me after we get off of it. <laughs> Bitcoin brunch, every Sunday from ten to three at Naomi's Garden. We talk about Bitcoin and the future of money and whatever else people want to talk about. Nice. Links will be in the description for all of his, yep.
1: his shenanigans. Thanks for inviting me guys. I'm really Thank happy you. to be that here. It was a good time. Yeah, it was fun. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> you wanna wrap it up? What? You wanna give us a ask for the a quick like, comment, subscribe? like, comment, subscribe. Subscribe,
1: subscribe share, sure. share.
2: <laughs> tell your friends, <laughs> tell, tell your,
0: friends, your family.
1: Tell your family. To your coworkers, play it in the background your while you're working. Yeah, if you have mistresses, yeah, you said or mistresses, the misters, you know, or misters, you no, know, whatever, whatever floats, floats your boat. Floats
0: your boat. <laughs> 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 we don't care. We do a lot of boat floating here in South Florida. We <laughs> float a lot of boats. A lot of boats being, floating. or they sink, but not as many. Not this one. This boat's going to float. This boat floats. Now we'll just p- plug up the holes if it does start to sink. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. All right. Thank it's you for... A- you oh. <laughs> <laughs> just told me to wrap it up, and yeah. now you're getting involved. I was going to say thank you, okay. for t-
2: <laughs> thank you for tuning in.
1: It's been another week of Sometimes Crypto.
2: The Unscripted Crypto Podcast.
1: Hey, yo.